0: Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Marts. Brady Marts knows that you got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Marts is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services, so... Contact Brady Marks to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit.
1: Your organization
0: is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium sized nonprofits. And sometimes the best people to help our small and medium sized nonprofits are nonprofit leaders themselves. And so with us today uh, is Beth Demke. She is the executive director of the North Dakota Gateway to Science. Beth, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast.
1: Thank you, Patrick. It's great to be here. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: I'm super excited to chat with you today. Um, I think, you know, as my kids are in school and uh, they're finally getting their science on, it's going to be super awesome to learn about what you do. But more importantly, if people are scrolling through iTunes or scrolling through Spotify or YouTube and they're finding this, they're like, I want to learn more about this. This is very interesting, but they might not know who you are. Let's do a 5,000 foot view on who you are, what you do and why we're chatting today.
1: Certainly. So, North Dakota's Gateway to Science is North Dakota's premier hands on science center. We're located in the capital city of Bismarck, and uh, we've been around since 1994. We opened in a small shopping mall and then moved over to another space, but now we are in a construction project to build a premier hands on place for students to come and see us here in the capital city. But in addition, to the gallery where you can come and do all kinds of really fun things and learn about STEM. We also travel. So we serve the entire state. We have a rural outreach program that goes all over. And um, that's really one of our big success stories is how many rural communities and schools that we serve throughout every, every school year.
0: I think that's one of the unique parts about your organization is the, the, the length of reach that you have. But I think uh, I like most people, I would say you're not a science museum, you're a science center. What's the difference between those two things?
1: Well, the difference is everything we do is very hands-on. you know, a lot of times you think of a museum and, I like to say you walk around with your hands behind your back and you read a lot and you look at things. And some of those museums can be very educational and very interesting. But what we do is we encourage you to get involved, to put your hands on things, try it. It's more of an experiment. It also is more age appropriate for anybody. So you start a lot of times the youngest kids are in here and they're exploring things that they don't completely understand, but it's exciting. And then they come back to the same exhibit as they're older. They understand a little bit more. And then they start to explain it to younger kids and their parents. And even adults will come in and they'll they'll learn something too. Exploring in a hands-on way is different than walking around and and looking at things and viewing things. And sometimes those historical artifacts and things, you can't touch them. So you're going to learn in a different way at a a museum as you would at a hands-on science center. And the hands onness of what we do carries into our programming as well. So when you're in a program at Gateway to Science, you're not gonna be sitting behind a desk and being lectured to, you're going to be, again, hands-on, very engaged in the programming that we offer. They're gonna be building robots, they're going to be mixing chemicals, they're going to be doing all kinds of things that are very hands-on, very age-appropriate, but getting them engaged and then we also offer from you know preschool all the way through adult teaching everyone that we that that comes in into our science center and helping them all to learn at whatever level they are and you know we like to say that we meet you where where you are um, so that science is always for everyone. They don't. They they don't have to feel like it's not for them because we're gonna we're gonna find something that will interest you. A science. It's just about learning about the world around you. Who doesn't want to do that?
0: Yeah, I know. And with such reach, you probably have a lot of success stories because you've had so many encounters with either school children or adults and everyone in between. Is there are, are there is there one story that stands out of, of like an aha moment where you're watching somebody have that light bulb moment of like, this is something that I'm going to do in the future moment as you're out and about in the communities?
1: Well, one, and it was actually very recent, but it's, it's very indicative of what we see going out to a rural community a young boy is looking through a microscope and you have to understand i mean when you are in a rural school microscopes are a rare resource and this young boy is looking through a microscope and we've got this on video and he says that is so awesome i mean it's just that that light bulb moment where you think well looking through a microscope doesn't everybody do that no, they don't. They don't get those opportunities. So being able to bring that out into a rural community and have that available for students is just incredible. And I mean, we've had teachers where as we drive up in our van and it's painted and you know looks really fun, they're practically in tears that we have brought them this program because the science that they are able to bring their students often is paid for out of their own pockets. And now we've brought them this opportunity. And oftentimes we've brought it because of grants that we've received and funding that we have found to be able to offer those opportunities for students and teachers and, you know, communities around the state.
0: A mobile oasis in a science desert is uh, the, uh, I, I this is just a cool concept uh, to have. And now, and again, now there's challenges with that too, though. And I think over the last couple of years we've, unprecedented all the words and the buzzwords we've been using is is uh, is crazy um what's one that sticks out to you um as sort of a a hill that you had to climb and how'd you get over it um while you're trying to continue the mission every single day in an environment that is just obnoxious and not letting us do it the way that we have been in the past and how did you overcome
1: sure well hands-on by its very nature means germs and you know the the touching and, and being around people. So we had to really pivot and think about how do we do that in a safe way and in a way that we can still get into school. So we we pivoted our programs to offer virtual opportunities. We have a lot of our workshops now are virtual where we'll send the kits out to the classroom and then we'll be on zoom with those teachers and classes and they'll have the materials in front of them and then we'll teach Mm -hmm. Um, we've made everything very safe in terms of the way that we clean which we've always been really good at that anyway but we've ramped that up and just everything that we've done we've had to rethink Um, but we're science people so we're problem solvers the one thing about STEM skills is that they're lifelong skills. They are transferable. You, When you learn skills like critical thinking and creative problem solving, you can apply them in other areas. So we teach them to the kids. But a lot of times w- during the pandemic, we were dusting those skills off ourselves and applying them and figuring out, okay, how are we going to do this? And we were getting called a lot of times by schools and other professionals saying, how can we problem solve and make this work? And that's something that we are really quite good at because that's what we teach. So I was quite pleased with my team that we were able to brainstorm and get together and figure those things out and and really became a a resource for our community. We even did a, a whole face shield project where we coordinated across the state and 3D printed face shields and had 3D printers going around all over the state. I mean, that's a whole other topic I could get into with you. But you know, again, a way of applying those STEM skills to become a resource for our community and our state, which I think was really in, in, incredibly important um, during a time of challenge for, for everyone, everyone involved in education.
0: You know, when when uh, when people are listening to this and small nonprofits, medium-sized nonprofits are looking for how to, what can I take away from the experience of somebody who is not only expanding, but really uh, taking their programming outwards, outside of the buildings, right? So that involves a whole lot of logistics, a whole lot of uh, planning, um, but it's all comes back to like, how do you basically fundraise and market and get things done from point A to point B? Is there a tip or a trick that you can give uh, a nonprofit listening on how to just, manage the chaos that is so many hats that you have to wear every single day?
1: So one tip that I would suggest is, you know, as much as we took our things, our, our programming virtual, we also, many of us had to take our fundraising virtual. And we're still trying to do that in a hybrid manner. And I would really recommend that fund fundraising needs to continue as, as a hybrid. You need to make sure that you're your um donors have that option we found that as as we invested in an online auction platform we had to spend a little bit of money but it helped us to make a whole lot more money in order to be able to to um, reach more donors and have people bidding online that couldn't attend our donors have responded very well to that option
0: well that's good because I think that's the investment that I think people are going to have forever. I think you're 100% right. And it's a great tip for people who are sitting on the fence, whether they should go full back to normal or full uh, virtual going forward. But it's that mobile app that seems to be beneficial to everybody. So invest in your uh, fundraising and invest in your organization. You're going to raise a heck of a lot more money. That's awesome and super true. Beth, if there are people out there listening and they want to go ahead and get to know A little bit more on the North Dakota Gateway to Science. They want to donate. They want to volunteer. They want to get to know you. How on earth did they do that? And where do they go?
1: Well, you can find us online, gatewaytoscience.org. And of course, we're right here in Bismarck. We are still in our our capital campaign. We've raised what we need to build the building, but there's still places where people could put their name on exhibits and we'll be open by the end of the year in our new space. That's the the current timeline. And we're so excited to have people come and see us at our current facility, as well as think ahead to, to come and see us at the new place. Programming is ongoing, birthday parties, we're we're still doing it. That's been another one of our challenges is to make sure that we're still serving everybody now and expanding while we're looking ahead to the new facility it would have been easy to just close the doors and say you know what we're just going to concentrate on the new place but we've got students we are serving now and we didn't want to leave them behind so we are continuing to do some really fun things right here and our next free family event is February 26th so come on out
0: Hey, this is great. Plan your road trip now. Go click on the show notes below. Go check out Gateway to Science and then go donate and volunteer and go find yourself something to uh, to do that's awesome in supporting this particular adventure. Beth, thank you so much, uh, not only for thank your you. perspective, but for what you do. And thanks so much for being a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast.
1: Appreciate it. Take care.
0: Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you are go to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogooduniversity.com, And you register for one of the courses. I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, A Practical Guide to Staying Sane While Doing Good for Free because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase and... I'm going to throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer, and I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.